Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership What's On Your Mind, a series to make you stop and think about your leadership journey and getting great speakers and great experts in the field of leadership to come and share their knowledge and add to your story. So today we are speaking to R. Michael Anderson. How are you? Very good, Stuart. How are you? Good. I'm amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, ladies and gents, this is our last episode of 2020. So I just wanted to add a little bit in here that next year, we've got in January, some inspirational people that have thrived in 2020. And it's going to really help you um, add to your leadership journey to kickstart 2021. In February, we've got um, inspirational authors and speakers around leadership. I'm amazed to sort of share with you that Joe Foster, the, the founder of Reebok, will be joining us and the author, David Marquette, of the amazing book, Turn the Ship Around. So make sure you hit subscribe, hit follow, and you'll be having those amazing guests coming your way. So what a great way to finish 2020 and the, the start of this podcast in May 2020, um, episode 36. Um, Michael is a software entrepreneur, very successful in business. Um, a, a best-selling author and I'm absolutely pleasured to have you here because we connected on LinkedIn I went and checked you out your website and your speaking and, and you come across so well so I can't wait for you to share your story so tell us a little bit more as I hit the 20-minute timer tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well Stuart you know the the 2020 has been let's face it tough and I almost see this as, as a call for leaders as a, as you know what, we're in a leadership position. And I think when people are in a leadership position, they assume a certain amount of responsibility. And I know Stuart, like you, you've had experience in leadership in, a, in the military and in business and in athletics. But I think when you say like, look, I'm going to be the captain of a team, I'm going to be, you know, this rank, I'm going to lead this, this company or, or, or whatever it is in, in the company, then you're responsible for your team. You're responsible for not just the performance, but their, their mental health. For your perform, you're responsible for whether it's the company or or whatever it is. And like it or not, we got to step up. And nobody could have could, could have ever thought that we'd be under this many um, types of pressures. And I really I've been through some really down points in my life, and I've learned some self some things about how to manage and lead myself and how to manage and lead my team through really difficult times. And, and I've been through depressions. I've been through substance abuse. I've been through almost giving up. And I think that a lot of people and a lot of leaders are going through that. So I just wanted to do anything that I could to maybe give them a little bit of tools and skills and inspiration myself through this 2020. Yeah, amazing. So we're obviously hashtag leadership, what's on your mind? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you just hear the word leadership? You know, the first of all, what came to my mind right now is the fact of people want you to be a leader. Now, if you are a leader of your team, so many people like resist being that leader, calling themselves the leader, taking, being assertive, taking responsibility and taking ownership. You know, for example, I give people an example. If you paid $100,000 for me to teach a course, an in-person course, and so you walked into to, to the classroom, it's supposed to start at 10 a.m., and then 10 a.m. comes, and there's a, there's a bunch of people that are having side conversations, a couple people on their phone, and it's 10.01, and I'm the instructor, and I'm like, uh, whenever you, everybody's ready, please put away your phones or stop talking, and they continue to talk. You would probably say, Michael, 
get these people in line, have them shut up. You, I, I just paid you this money to, to, to learn this, take leadership, you know, take the lead. And your team wants you to do that. And, and, and so first of all, admit to yourself, you're the leader. Quit, quit trying to say, I'm not a leader, I'm a programmer. I'm not a leader, I'm a salesperson. You may be, that might be your background, but you're a freaking leader now. So get used to it and, and start learning how to be a leader. And I think, you know, hashtag leadership, what's on your mind is a great thing to, to, to do because it's like you're investing in your leadership, but you also have to switch that, that, that you have to, to switch that switch in your head to start embracing leadership instead of trying to, to, um, you know, to, to uh, brush it off. Yeah. Do you know what? That's amazing as well, because that's one of the things that I've seen outside of my military bubble regards to how much the, the label of leadership is is taken on or not, as you just um, equated to there, that how many people do identify as a leader? And I don't think there's that many people that do that maybe should. Yeah, and there's a couple of different reasons. Uh, you know, the, you know, one thing I have, I, I have some business success, but I also have a master's in psychology. And it's actually a defense mechanism because when we don't call ourselves a leader and we don't succeed, then it's not like we're, it's like we're one step back. And, and one important thing that I learned, I had a, a great teacher and they said, look, you have to be 100% in because the difference between being 100% in and 99% in is a world of difference. And I, I noticed in my life, I would be 99% in, but I have that one toe like outside of the thing, to outside of being in, because if I fail, then I could say, well, I wasn't fully in. I was, and, and, you know, a lot about being successful is about committing and, you know, and again, it's okay to fail, but we have to take ownership from it. And I know there's a lot of people that talk about that, but to me, that really made a big difference in my life, knowing the difference between the 99% and the hundred percent. Amazing. I love that. And um, so Staying really on your journey, we, we always ask people about, are you aware of when your journey started, whether on reflection or at the time? So where would you go back to? Where did your leadership journey start? Well, Stuart, my leadership journey, well, if you talk about like a pivotal moment, it was April 1st, 2007, because <laughs> at that time, it was, it, was, it was the evening that something really massive happened. And I'll, I'll never forget because Earlier that day, my business partner assaulted me. He hit me in, in, in our own office. And at some, time, at some point, you, you, or you go on my YouTube channel, you can, you can hear the long story. But the fact is, we were having a disagreement about ownership percentages. And he got so angry that he literally hit me in the office. And I had to get, it's not that we got into a fight. It's just he was so angry that happened. And then he left. And then I, I had to go get a get an attorney to file a lawsuit and kick them out of the business because I still own the, the, the majority of it, but it started this nasty lawsuit that's, that cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars, the hardest thing I ever had to be through, been through, sent me into a depression. And this is, and so this is maybe three years into me owning a business. And I realized that my life was out of control in a bad way. And I was kept trying to trying to control and micromanage everything. And and to be quite honest, Stuart, I was, you know, I remember this specific evening where that just happened. I didn't know if I was going to lose everything or not. I was, I was just, I was massively down. I had the Johnny Walker port. I was rolling a joint. I was going to do some cocaine because back then that's how I normally dealt with problems. And I started to, to reevaluate everything that was going on because I don't know if anything really 
traumatic as ever happened to you. And it really made you reflect. But that's 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 the mode I was in, and um, and I, I realized that I needed to change because what I was doing wasn't working. I was having a little bit of success, but I wasn't creating a sustainable business. I was riding on my personality because I'm, I'm smart and I'm driven and that can get me so far and that gets a lot of leaders so far, but then they don't learn how to be a strategic leader and to really learn these leadership skills. And that's part of the reason I had this problem with this, this business partner. That's part of the reason why we started to have all these customers with these scaling problems. And, and, and that's why my mental health, his mental health were, were not being taken care of. And that's why all this happened. And I made two life-changing choices in that moment. One is instead of self-medicating myself, which is a great short-term solution, but a really bad long-term solution, I went for a jog. So I, I did, did something healthy for myself instead of unhealthy. And then I told myself, look, whatever it takes, I'm going to learn how to be a, a positive, empowering type of leader. Because I knew, I saw other people doing it. And I, I realized that I'd never, I'm a good doer, that's going to be my new, my new goal because I can get goals done. I just never had that as the goal. And so that, that's when I really went on that, that journey. And I got, you know, I read so many books. I, I got coaches. I got trained by the best in the business. And I also signed up for and earned a master's in spiritual psychology. And when I say spiritual psychology, nothing to do with religion. It's a very compassionate, loving view of psychology where we learn psychoanalysis techniques because we take the assumption that we're all at the core, good people. We're all loving beings. Um, and, and if you choose to have a soul, or our soul is love, if you choose to believe that. And, and one of the ways you get more in line with your authenticity is by using psychoanalysis techniques to clear all the, uh, the crap. That's a scientific term, the crap yeah. out of your consciousness. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because there's so many things that, that we all have that's, that's holding our, our, ourselves back. So when you run into imposter syndrome or you, you find yourself self-sabotaging or that little voice is telling you maybe you've earned this promotion or, or you work so hard to build this business, but then that little voice is saying, oh my gosh, you're not worthy of this. Maybe you shouldn't speak up. Maybe you should play it safe. That's our ego. And, and we all go through that, but there's so many things that I learned and that's what I teach leaders now. Uh, and I teach, you know, some of the companies that call me in uh, uh, to teach their leaders are, are Uber, Microsoft, Salesforce, Stanford brings me in to work with their startup ecosystem. Um, PwC brings me in to work with their, their high potential entrepreneurs because we, the, the, a lot's taught about management, but not a lot is taught about the mindset of a successful leader. And a lot of that to me is about being more comfortable with yourself because when you're more comfortable with yourself, then you can have the hard decisions. Then you can hold people accountable because you're holding yourself accountable. And so I work a lot with people actually on self-confidence and self-esteem because if you look at leaders that you really look up to, and, and I want everybody out there listen, listening to, to or watching or, or even used to it, just to think about a leader that you really look up to. They believe in themselves. They have confidence and they believe in where they're going and, and, and you feed off of that. Nobody, there's never been an insecure leader that people are like, oh my God, I really respect that leader. I'm gonna look up to them. You know, if you look at who's out there, you know, whether it's Elon Musk or, or Steve Jobs, they have this magical thing where they might not know, know where they're going, but you have faith they're gonna get you there. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier on. It's one of my big things that came out of transferring over into the outside the military bubble is that you've got to have self-leadership and that self-drive before you then bring others along and, and that will be a natural connection 
if that happens, you know, you're going away from having to tell and persuade. People will just naturally resonate towards you. Yeah, and I think the, the military is very good because they really realize that and, and they, they give good training around that. Is, am I right with that? Yeah, yeah. It's obviously still individual element of that um, as a part of the system. But yeah, you, you are right to have the, the structure and the, also the history and the, the cultural um, platform and the pillars. Because um, I talk about the fact of um, shared experiences and we all go through basic training and we all go through what I was doing, which is was adventure training. So if you land in any team anywhere in the world, those are the two things that you've got shared knowledge and understanding about and, and a shared um, platform of wealth of knowledge on leadership, team dynamics and your role in that. Yeah, and my, my impression is the military is very good about about showing you what needs to be done as a leader and then easing you into that. In business, you know, it could be where you're a good developer and all of a sudden you're in charge of a development team or yeah. you're in charge of, you know, I, I, I started as a program or you're in charge of this big project. And they're like, oh, you, you're, you're a good coder. I'm sure you can be good at managing these coders. Or, and, then, and then the people are like, well, what made me a good coder is I'm really introverted. I, I control all my code. And all of a sudden I, I need emotional intelligence and I need, um, you know, and I need to be able to connect and communicate and hold accountable and then have a vision and all these other things. They're two totally different skill sets. And I think yeah. that's why there, there's so, honestly, there's a lot of poor leadership in, in, in business and in technology specifically, because often it's younger people that are, there's, there's a, lot, a, bigger, a bigger amount of change. And, um, and I think as we, we see in 2020, with all this COVID and pandemics, companies, have been, companies and leaders have been, had to go through more change sometimes in, in the last, what, eight or nine months than they have literally in the last 20 years. Yeah, amazing. So you've got a new book coming out. I'd love you to share with us um, all the information around that, what can people expect and what's the meaning behind it? Yeah, yeah. And it's because I, you know, I work with a lot of different businesses and a lot of different leadership organizations. And I realize obviously that they're, they're going through a lot. And, you know, in the first part of the pandemic, we were just focused on saving their business. You know, yeah. the, the, and I call and I, I, I equate that to a street fight. Like if you don't protect yourself and strike, you're literally going to die. That's, that's mm -hmm. what we had to go through in the first three, four, six weeks. So they made those changes, and then it's it, and then it's almost like a sprint. Where are you going to pivot? And because we thought this is going to be over in July, I mean, we forget about that, but we thought this is going to be March to July, and then we realize that we're this is like a marathon. So now we have to really look at things strategically. Now a lot of companies are going from an all on site, or or, or they're they're going to a lot more of a remote or dist distributed workforce, um, and it's creating major havoc and. There's a big mental health um, tsunami coming and we're seeing, we're, it's sort of starting to bubble up because people are used to being in this street fight and sprint mode, but you can't sprint a marathon. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, we're at a point where we're months and months in and, the, and, and there's been some Qualtrics surveys. This is a couple of months ago. They said 45% of the people are having somewhat significant or higher mental health issues and 60% don't feel supported by their leaders in their companies. And they also don't feel um, open enough, safe enough to bring this up to them. And so because it's been happening so much, the, the, I've done a, I did a study in the last couple of weeks and interviews with both team members and leaders. 
and they're seeing real mental health issues. And the thing is about mental health issues, once you see them, it's too late. You have to start looking for, you have to be proactive and you have to look for the clues because by the time they come to you and they're in a depression or they're on medication, so many more people are going to, I think psychology is great and counselors are great, but by the time you're on medication, it takes a long time to heal a person when, when you're at that, those levels. Yeah, amazing. So, so what, what is this book going to be giving people? It's going to be giving people the, a, lot of, a lot of structures and tools and mindset changes that they are going to need to do to shift for this. And, and it's, it's for people, like there, there's some, some companies it's not made for. Like I talked to this one lady, she was in charge of talent development for this company that they were already, already virtual and they, they were um, a programming shop. So they would rent out programmers to other companies. So culture wasn't a huge issue for them because they were in, in the culture of the teams that they were in and they were virtual already. So, you know, that COVID affects them, but really not that much. There's other companies that have maybe been, you know, there's 5,000 people and they used to be all on site. And all of a sudden they're going to move to like a hybrid uh, workforce mm -hmm. where they're going to be partially on, 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 on uh, in an office, partially um, remote, maybe different people are going to be different ways. If that's you and that's your company, whether you're in the team or a leader or, or in both, you really have to have a strategy around this. And, and it's a different way of leadership. I mean, leadership's leadership, whether again, it's sports, military or business, but there's a lot of subtle differences which are really important. Like for example, leaders out there, they have to, they have to create, when you have a remote team or a hybrid team, you have to increase your amount of time to leading and managing because you're not in the office because when you come into an office every day, you you are sort of absorbed. You are um, there's an inherent team camaraderie. You know, if you walk in, if I work for you know Microsoft and I work into a Microsoft office, there's something about walking into the office that says Microsoft, and you you know you see the this executive and you see that it's like, hey, I'm part of Microsoft, right? And, yeah. Hey, here's what's happening. You see the people at the water cooler getting coffee or lunch or, or, or an after, after work thing of here's the company strategy. Well, if you're at, at home, you have to, if your people are at home, you have to remind them of the company strategy. You have to remind them of the company culture. It's so much more intentional. And so if you were spending five hours a week on managing, leading, you have to double that to 10 hours a week. If you, it was 10 hours a week, you have to double it to 20 hours a week. You have to you have to be so intentional about that. You have to recreate everything that they had in the office, whether it's, it's um, you know, maybe that is cross-functional teams. So maybe you had your development team and your sales team over here, and then they had lunch every Friday. They're not doing that. And, or maybe they just bumped into each other. So you have to figure out, you have to be creative of how they, they, they communicate. Otherwise, they're going to be more siloed. They're not going to be communicating, and you're going to lose the company culture. Yeah. And, and, and I, I said quite quickly in the whole of this that you could hear people saying in the language they were using about, oh, we'll wait till we get back to normal. And, and it's not, it's the new norm, isn't it? About you can tell people that are resistant to change, resistant to different cultures, different people, different things. And it's that, it's innate in us, isn't it, regard that resistance to change. But that's that's the new reality, isn't it? Yes, and yes, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And there, there are ways, let's face it, and that's why I call the book, I was gonna call it um, Leading Through the New Normal, but then there are people are like, we're in the new normal. I said, so leading through the next normal. And yeah. part of that is creating resilient teams. 
and to create resilient teams. And it's like, it's all the stuff, Stuart, you and I already know about leadership. You just got to do it better. Like you get a better accountability and you have to run meetings tighter and you have to uh, um, teach people resilience better. And so it's really about putting them in and systematizing them and really upping your game as a leader so that you can, I mean, when it comes to resilient teams and, 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 and managing change, you have to, it, it's very intentional. So the more changes going on, the less projects you have to have people on because you have to give them the downtime. You have to give them the creative time. You have to give them that. I find what's been happening over the last eight months is, is there's been so much change and then leaders who are dumping more things on their people and their people are tired, but they're scared that they're going to get fired. They're scared that they're going to get laid off or furloughed. They're scared the company's going to go out of business or, or whatever. So they've been taking this up and now they're burned out. And now, you know, uh, leaders were saying they're, they're having people just come to them just frazzled and, and leaders are forcing people to take time off because they haven't take, taken taken holidays. And, and so we, we really have to, companies really have to do look at this strategically. Otherwise, they're, they're, they're going to personally and collectively burn out. Yeah, amazing. So we have only got 30 seconds left, but I want to extend it a little bit because I really want you to answer this question about regards to um, being a great reader, reading a great book, and I always have this thing about challenging people about how do we take leadership off the page? So how do we transfer it into our lives? And I see some people being great readers, but there's nothing changing. And, and I've had conversations with people around that about they're doing lots of self-development. But the biggest impact I see is that implementation, accountability. Um, I say leadership is a bit like your fingerprint. It's unique to you. And you need to educate and add value. So what's your perspective on how do we take leadership off the page? When you say off the page, what do you exactly mean by that? So it's a bit like if I if I um, read a model of leadership and then I just went to verbatim, started doing that. And how do we actually make it our own? How do we use what we read and then, then implement? Well, I'll give you a quick one, then I'll give you another one. One is get a coach because, <laughs> and I know I'm... I, I do some coaching and mentoring. I, I realize that I'm, I'm telling you to get somebody like me, but my my leadership life didn't transform until I had somebody that, that has done it before, basically telling me where my blind spots are and holding me accountable. But also, like you said, something really important there, Stuart, is real, and it's understanding your um, fingerprint or what's unique to you. Because when I was young, I, I had two really influential leaders in my life, Bruce and George, and they were my bosses. You know, they were my first boss, you know, and they're, I looked up to them. They're such cool guys. And, and I would try to emulate everything they did. So if, you know, Bruce would run a meeting this way, I would try to run it exactly how he did this. If George would even have the, the tone of voice and how he carried himself, I would try to do exactly that. And it failed because I, I was trying to be them. And, and, and when, I, when I got comfortable with myself, enough to understand why they did that because there was there was wisdom in there but it wasn't about copying them but it was a take taking well why did george do this or why did bruce say this or how did they structure things this way oh and then run it through me as a person because again i had faith in myself and i had confidence and enough self-esteem that i could make it my own that's when i really transformed Amazing. Awesome. Um, and, and, and I see that all the time. And I think people listening to that will, will get that and adding that bit of information or awareness to the audience's journey is really going to help.
So, um, so thank you so much for your time today. That's been an amazing, I love every guest that I've had on because it's just speaking to like-minded people, which is a great privilege to have. So thank you for your time. Um, guys, so if you're listening to us on your podcast provider, make sure you hit follow. Um, it really helps if you write us a review. I'd love to hear your takeaways from each um, great guest that we've had on. Everybody has their own little nuggets of information that you can add to your own journey. So please share that with us and also pass that forward. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe, hit the bell every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Um, as of January 2021, which is absolutely amazing to say that. I don't know where 2020 has gone. Um, so I really look forward to seeing you next year. And um, I hope you have a great Christmas and we'll see you on the other side. So Michael, just thank you so much again. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, everybody. No worries. So guys, I will see you in the new year. Take care. Bye.